Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with Dan Clauser. Now, Dan and I had a conversation on his podcast, The Journey of My Mother's Son, which is really the platform and purpose behind his whole business, which I love. So Dan is an author, blogger, podcast host, and speaker. And after 30 years of successfully leading a nonprofit youth sports organization in Berks County, Pennsylvania, Dan and his wife, Sandy, sold their house and all of their stuff in August of 2020, and they now live full-time in an RV traveling the country with their golden retriever. Working around Dan's speaking schedule, they volunteer at various locations, help others, and tell stories of their travels and those that they meet through blogging, social media, and podcasting. He has dedicated his life to serving God by giving back, helping others, and has no regrets. This is such a beautiful episode, and you can hear Dan's heart in this episode. He gives back, and contribution and volunteering has been anchored in his DNA from a very young age through his family, and he has continued on this path himself. And he shares so much about his journey and what he's learned and how he is here to really be that source of give back contribution, no regrets. And I think we just really, as humans, we need more and more of this. So it's a very um, personal heart centered episode that I absolutely love. Welcome to the show today, Dan. I'm so thrilled to have a conversation with you. Looking forward to it. So I was on your podcast last year and I love the name of your podcast and the mission and everything behind what you do and what you're doing. So I would love it if you would just share a little snippet of who you are and then we're going to get into a conversation about it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm Dan Clauser. I uh, host a podcast. I'm an author. Uh, the title of the podcast is The Journey of My Mother's Son. And we will uh, we'll get into you know, where that title came from a little bit more in the conversation, I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, when you were on my show, we had talked about this and we just didn't get the, the time lined up, but I always say everything happens for a reason. And, and this is just the perfect time to, to do this podcast. I'm in sunny Florida when we're recording, you're in snowy Canada, and uh, I'm really looking forward to being on the show. <laughs> thrilled. I'm thrilled to have a conversation. I think this is the, sometimes we just get busy, like life gets busy, calendars get busy. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have not made this one happen. And I'm so happy to do this. Um, I see you as, and from what I know, and from how I've had a conversation with you, right? Author, blogger, podcast host, speaker, consultant, 
Um, but I see a big heart. Like I see a really big heart purpose-driven person. And have you always been like that? Pretty much. And a lot of that comes from my mother as well. You know, she was a huge influence on my life. And I remember as a young boy, um, she was very big in volunteering. And, you know, if she was volunteering with something, I I was, you know, as a product of being her son, I was drug along with her. So whether it was Meals on Wheels or helping with the, you know, local Little League concession stand or whatever it was, if she was volunteering, I was there. And as I grew up, it just really became second nature to to want to give back and to give of myself and to to help others however I could. Amazing. I think that that's really powerful because I don't... I don't want to say, I don't know if we see that as much anymore. We, I don't know if we see, like, there are some people who give back in so many different ways. And for probably a lot of people, it's not even thought about. And I hate to say that in, a, in I don't mean it that way, but I just don't think it's something that we see a lot of. So it's interesting that that is something that was modeled for you from a very young age. Yeah. 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 And, and even, you know, I, again, I obviously I, I talk about my mother a lot, but my father as well was very giving. Now he he had a different type of job. He was an over the road truck driver, so for him to give of his time was very difficult. But he was always the first guy to open up the checkbook for an organization or the local church or whatever if they needed something. So I kind of you know it kind of hit me from both ends that mm. you know giving however you could. And let's face it, some people can't give financially, some people can't give of their time. But I think if you can give what you have, you know, even if you think that's not a lot, like it does add up, you know? So even if you're, you think you're cramped for time and you can only volunteer an hour or 30 minutes a week, like do it because mm -hmm. that hour or 30 minutes makes a huge difference to that organization that you're giving that time to. If you think, you know what, my, you know, I can't give $500 donation, but you know what, maybe you can give a $5 or a $10 donation. And that is significant because that all adds up. And I know that from, you know, my years of running a nonprofit organization that if we got a small donation, it was as meaningful as a large donation because it all adds up. I love that you said that because it's also a case that and I've heard lots of mentors say this and I love this, right? Like if you can't give $5 out of a hundred, you're not going to give like a hundred dollars out of a thousand. You're not going to give a thousand dollars out of a hundred that you're not going to do it if you can't find that percentage and $5 does add up. Like it adds up tremendously. I remember, um, our community here right before Christmas, long story short, but we ended up getting a dinner because we had a really big snowstorm. We had a dinner that was, somebody contacted me and they're like, I don't know what to do with this, but you know people, can you help me find a way so that it's used? And we literally spent hours phoning um, different organizations and because of all of the rules and the guidelines and what's required, there was, most people can take it. And it was a full meal, fully done, like would have fed probably 20 people and we couldn't get anybody to take it. It was actually really heartbreaking, to be honest. And out of all the different organizations I spoke to, I said, so you guys don't need it? I don't understand. And they said, oh no, actually, like we're actually, our food banks are empty. We have local, but because of rules. And it just so happened, it was passed on to a person privately who they'd lost their job. They had all these things and, and it just was beautiful the way it happened, but it really opened up my eyes about how much is needed and how there's still a lot of bureaucracy to try and even support 
And it, I was actually really angry, to be honest. I actually got really angry as it went on because I'm like, this is ridiculous that we can't do this. So I don't want that to be a deterrent for people to not even do it. Maybe you can find different ways to do it. But as it worked out, the person who came to my house um, to pick up the meal, we put everything in the box. We've got, we got everything together. She was crying at the door and she said, my job is child extraction out of abuse cases. So when somebody was looking for a volunteer to go pick up a meal for a family, I literally ran out the door. I'm like, let me do it. And it was just, I had a really humbling moment of recognizing like, what do these people go through in these organizations? What they're like, it was really powerful and and it, it affected me and deeply impacted me. Yeah. Yeah. I can believe that. And it is ridiculous that there's, there's a whole lot of red tape involved with wanting to help people. Yeah. <laughs> It is. And I don't want people to think about like, you know, letting that stop them, but you like, you actually founded and ran a nonprofit for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. Not a small one. No, it was, it was pretty big. Um, and it was a, it was a youth sports organization. Um, but we actually tried to instill in our players, um, giving back as well. So it was, it was much more than just about playing baseball and softball and soccer. It was, you know, it was really about teaching life lessons through the game. And one of the things that we did is we got our players involved in community service and giving back because I knew the effect that that had on me as a young person to see what that did. And as I grew up, it really then became second nature for me want to get to give back and, and, you know, give of myself and my time. And as you said earlier, it, it's somewhat of a dying breed. Volunteerism is something that is, is dying. And, you know, that broke my heart. So I wanted to instill that into our young players that hopefully as they would, you know, grow up and, you know, become young adults and, and older adults, that it would just become second nature for them to you know, continue to get involved. And it's, you know, it's great. You know, one of the blessings that my wife and I have had, you know, with traveling in an RV full time is being able to reconnect with some of my players and the number of those players that we've connected with who are, you know, involved in their local church or involved in running a scholarship organization or something like that is really heartwarming and proves that, our philosophy and our method actually worked because, you know, these are guys who are now in their late twenties, early thirties, and they're giving back in, you know, whatever way they can. And but just to go back to my point earlier, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, give what you can with what you have, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it just, it don't get caught up and think that it's not enough. If you know, whatever you can give, it's going to be of value for sure. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And I love that ripple. Like there's a live ripple effect that you're creating. And I, I think the beautiful thing about a ripple effect, we hear that word and that phrase a lot, but I really want to just break it down in the sense that like the ripple goes far past you. That's really what that ripple is. It's like, you can't see it. You don't know how far it goes, but it always starts with somebody. And, it, and, and so you can be that somebody for someone else as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Absolutely. beautiful. And then things changed in 2019. What, what happened? <laughs> so I had uh, I had taken two solo road trips in 2019, one from Pennsylvania to Dallas, Texas, and came back through Louisiana, uh, back to Pennsylvania. And a few months later, uh, took a road trip from Pennsylvania to Atlanta, Georgia, then Orlando, Florida, back to Pennsylvania. And 
on those two road trips, I kind of had this aha moment. Um, you know, I'd been running this organization for 30 years at the time. I loved every second of what I was doing. Um, but there was really this voice at that point telling me that it was time for a new chapter. And to give a little bit more background, um, you know, and to expand upon what we talked about earlier, the title of the podcast, the title of my most recent book is The Journey of My Mother's Son. Uh, when my mom was in her mid-40s, she took an old 1967 Plymouth Valiant, took the back seat out of it, put a sheet of plywood in there and a mattress, and just cruised around the country, did a lot of volunteer work herself. Obviously, uh, that wasn't something she outgrew. Um, she volunteered at Ground Zero after 9-11 for several months. She volunteered with hurricane relief efforts in Florida um, and all kinds of stuff that even we didn't know about until she had passed. Um, and on those two trips, it was one of the first times in my life where I really took my time to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time when we traveled as an organization, which we did quite a bit of, it was always very regimented and very structured and had a very tight schedule that we had to stick to. And this is the first time that I could get off the interstate and enjoy the drive a little bit and pull over and, and stop at a place that I wouldn't have stopped at otherwise. Um, you know, saw friends that I normally wouldn't have seen otherwise because I would have been in a, too much of a hurry. And again, there's this aha moment of, you know, wow, I think I've figured out why mom did what she did, you know? And then when I got home, I was in the process of adding some chapters to my first book, The Beauty of a Diamond Through the Eyes of a Coach, which was originally published in 2012. Um, but I felt it needed to have some, some, you know, additional material added to it. But it was very difficult to write uh, with the schedule that I was keeping with the organization. You know, we worked a lot of hours. We we're a small nonprofit as far as staff, but we we're doing some big things. So it just taxed mm -hmm. our staff. And, uh, you know, for during our season, for me to work literally 80 to 100 hours a week was not beyond the realm of possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so to sit down and write a chapter, you know, you, you've written a book. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, not easy to work. do with all it's that not, other stuff. It's not. Yeah, so work. Um, I ended up, you know, I ended up writing like I hadn't written in years when I got back from those trips. And that's when I you know, really heard, you know, God speaking to me and saying, you know, it's time for a new chapter. It's time to close this chapter. You've done enough. Um, it's now time to open a new chapter and, you know, use your words, um, both written and spoken, um, to impact even more people in what you have through this organization. And initially, you know, I did not want to hear that. I, I loved what I did. Again, it wasn't like I was in a dead end corporate job and, you know, hating the nine to five. Like I loved what I did and we were changing lives and we were impacting young people in a very special way. Um, but after a while, I, you know, I, I bought into it and then I, uh, I had to run it by my wife who thought I'd lost my mind initially. <laughs> um, but then she, she bought into it and, uh, you know, I, I presented the idea to her that, you know, we should buy an RV and sell our house and all of our stuff and, and travel around the country like my mom had done. And, uh, you know, she was going through some, you know, some professional issues as well with her job and, uh, you know, took that as a sign that, yeah, you know what, this is probably what we, what we should do. Mm -hmm. so in August of 2020, um, we settled on our house, loaded up our RV, um, 
and we we hit the road and haven't looked back and we don't have an exit plan at this point. We love what we do. Um, we actually do a lot of volunteer work. Uh, and then I, you know, write and speak when I get chances to and, and continue to, you know, to publish books. Um, and we're absolutely loving, loving every second of it. And we can, you know, it puts us in a position to be in Florida in March instead of <laughs> we haven't always escaped cold weather. We were we were in an ice storm in Dallas back in the the end of July, but it is what it is. It could always yeah. be worse. For the most part, you get to avoid it, right? For the most part. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That is I, I love that. And it's just such a I don't know, mission purpose driven um life that the two of you are leading. And you do um still podcasting regularly, still on podcasts, still connecting, right? Yeah. I see your your name and your stories pop up regularly. Um, what do you love the most about podcasting? Just a community. It's an incredible community. It's very similar to the RV community. I say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's just it's a great community. And it it's, you know, it's not like um, you know, we lift each other up in this podcasting community. Uh, it's not like, you know, you were afraid to have me on your show because I host a podcast and we're in competition because we're not, it's like, you know, no, no I, I want people to listen, you know, me as a podcast host, and I had you on my show. It's like, I want people to listen to Marsh's show because it's great content. And I think that's the beauty of it is that we lift each other up. Um, you know, Another blessing that we've had is I've actually been able to connect with a lot of the the guests that have been on. I mean, not a lot, but a handful mm-hmm. um, you know, in person with our oh, travels wow. where, you know, we find out we're going to be going through an area where somebody is and, and even um, hosts that I've been on their shows, we, we've been able to, to connect with. And that's very cool to be able to, you know, again, connect with somebody virtually and then sit down and have a cup of coffee with them or, you know, lunch or dinner or something like that, or just hang out and talk for a few hours. And, and it's funny because, you know, we always figure, you know, hey, we'll get together and, and you know, chat for, you know, an hour. And, you know, next thing we know, we're sitting there and two and a half hours have gone by and it's like, oh, wow, it's, you know, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. We've, we've got some other stuff to do today, um, which is really special. It's it's really cool to be able to, to connect that and, and really, you know, humanize that connection as opposed to just, you know, sitting on a computer. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I haven't been able to meet a lot of people in person, but I'll tell you, especially as much isolation as we went through these last three years, I, I think podcasting actually kept me a little bit more sane. I'm going to say it like it really opened up my eyes and allowed me to connect with so many different people. And the collaboration piece is huge. You know, I say a lot of times that people talk about collaboration, but they don't actually live and embody it. Um, 99% of the people I've met through podcasting definitely do. In fact, when somebody doesn't, it's, it's just a big red flag and it's like, wow, that's weird. Cause I mean, that's just not how everyone else is. And so that's what I choose to, um, be part of. So I, yeah, I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it is It's just an incredible community. And, you know, I think that's something that you know, the world could take a, a couple lessons from podcasters that we should be lifting each other up as opposed to tearing each other down. 
Oh, wouldn't that be an interesting thing if that shift happened? I I interviewed a podcaster last week and he just said, he goes, I think that we're such a collaborative community because you don't get into podcasting unless you're about collaboration, like long game, because it's you're doing a lot of work. There's a lot of legwork. It's not like you're making money on it. And so I think collaboration at heart is something that people do when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree completely. So stories you've like embodied and been around so many different stories and parts through your podcast, through your book. So as you're writing now, what are you writing right now or what are you currently working on? So I'm actually working on volume two and three in the Journey of My Mother's Son series kind of simultaneously mm-hmm. because the, uh, the, the subtitle of the podcast is Many Little People in Many Little Places, as you know. Mm-hmm. and that's that's you know comes from the opening lyrics of a song that that I kind of twisted into the final question that I asked all my guests. So it it comes from the opening lyrics of a Michael Fronte song, Gloria, which go when many little people in many little places do many little things and the whole world changes. So I've asked all my guests the same final questions, you know, based around those opening lyrics, which is you know, what's one of the little things that you do to make the world a little bit better place. And so the the first volume of the journey of my mother's son. Um, book series was just many random thoughts from the road. And that literally is what it was. It was, you know, some blog post that I just published in a book as well as stuff that wasn't, you know, published before. Uh, and it was just random thoughts. It was whether, you know, something that came to me during a sunrise or a sunset or mm-hmm. a talk with a stranger or something like that. Um, where volume two will, you know, keeping with that theme will be the subtitle be many little people. And then volume three is many little places. So, you know, many little people, obviously, you know, will just be stories about people we've met along this journey, whether they're people that we've, you know, been able to continue a relationship with or people that I don't even remember their name, but yet a, you know, five or 10 or 20 minute conversation with them made a huge impact on on my life that, you know, I want to write about it. I want to, you know, share that with them. And then obviously many little places is pretty self-explanatory, just, you know, some of the incredible places we've been able to see throughout our travels, whether it's, you know, a small town that nobody's heard of or a big national park that, you know, everyone has probably heard of. Mm. Wow. And so as you, like, as you're sharing all of these stories, I think the one question I want to ask you is because you have connected with so many different people over the last few years, how have their stories shaped you and affected you? Oh, I mean, incredibly. I mean, I think I think every person we meet throughout our life affects us in some way, shape, or form, and uh, that that's one of the reasons why I like to podcast and like to have people share their stories. So I think everyone, you know, has a story, and I think they can all be, you know, very inspirational. You mm. live in such a polarized climate right now that um, I've found that if you take the time to sit down and have a conversation with someone. What it doesn't necessarily look like, you not think like you, um, you're going to find that you actually have a lot more in common with them than you don't. So I think that's really kind of been the resounding common denominator is just when you take the time to sit and have a conversation. And again, not talk at someone, but like have a conversation where you're you're listening and you're talking and it's exchange. You're going to find you have a lot more in common with those people than what you might think. 
No. Mm, yeah, no, I love that because I think the polarizing piece has been interesting to watch and observe. Like it's been very interesting in a sense, like we're allowed to have different opinions. We're allowed to have, certainly we're all allowed to have different opinions and different thoughts, but in watching how some people treat each other online and things that it's, it's, it's been a bit interesting and hard at times where it's like, wait, this is just you know, how do I navigate this? And that those are questions that come back to me on a regular basis from clients or from people who are like, okay, I'm trying to share my story. And this is what's in my DMs. Like, what do I do with this? And it's like, you know what? It's still your page. It's still your platform. You get to decide what's on it. And I think that there's always room for difference of opinion. But I think when we start crossing into polarizing and hateful and, you know, that kind of messaging, I just, I literally just like delete. I just don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in being a part of it. So I know not everybody agrees with that, but it's my energy and my page. That's how I look at it. I think that we, if if I let that like suck the life out of me and now I can't show up for days or weeks, like what is, who does that serve and who does that help? I think the, the old term we can agree to disagree has definitely gotten lost in the shop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. You've already shared a few examples, but I know there's so many different layers and parts of your story that we've had conversations about. Um, where have been, where have there been times where you've had to sit in that space of like owning your own choices that actually changed maybe the direction of your life? So I think the, uh, the biggest thing was really when we first were, going through this decision of, you know, selling all of our stuff, you know, for me personally, um, you know, it was a couple month process and then my wife had to go through her own process as well. Um, but I think ongoing, one of the things that, you know, living in the RV has, has taught us and has, you know, allowed us to shift is obviously one of the downsides is that we are not, you know, with our children and our grandchildren, you know, as often as we, we were. Mm-hmm. Um, being in Pennsylvania, but I think that we really are a lot more intentional about our time with them now than what we ever were in our lives before, mm-hmm. um, but that we're much more willing to, to put the phone aside when we're with them and to really enjoy that time and that moment. And even with, uh, you know, a lot of my players that we've been able to connect with, there was a time when we first started traveling where, you know, part of our visit was to record a podcast because I felt those guys and, and young ladies had great stories as well. And just a few months ago, it, it dawned on me where I felt that, you know, during that visit that we had together to carve out, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 minutes um, to sit down and have a podcast kind of took away from the the moment and the visit and the reminiscing. So what we've done is I've, I've shifted there that when we have a visit, we just schedule a podcast for later and we'll do it like this over zoom, as opposed to sitting in the RV with the, the microphone and, and recording the podcast. Cause it, it almost felt at that point, it was now a business meeting as opposed to just, you know, getting together and sharing time. So I think that's probably been the biggest shift is really just understanding and enjoying the moment. Um, and taking advantage of of those moments and understanding how how precious they are. And I, I think another 
you know, another sad component of that is the number of people that we've lost since we've started this journey back in 2020. You know, we've lost some very close friends who, um, you know, one of them in particular had mentioned to us that when he retired, this was something that he wanted to do was, was buy an RV, not sell his house, but buy an RV. And, you know, literally two, three months before he had reached retirement age, he passed away. Um, and again, I think that's just another thing that makes us understand that, you know, the, the only thing that's guaranteed in our life is, is this moment that we have right now. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed, you know, the next hour from when we, get off of this call. We're literally only guaranteed the moment that we're in right now. So I think that's, that's been something that I, I think I've learned and picked up along the way is to just really be much more intentional with those times and those moments that we have with people that we care about. Mm-hmm. I think that's a powerful message for everyone, no matter what, like, honestly, no matter what, because it is really easy to get wrapped up. I, my brain can do it. Trust me, get wrapped up in like, what's coming, what's coming, what's coming, what's next, what's next. And then, you know, something will happen, something will go wrong, something will happen. And, you know, somebody we know, somebody is sick, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that's actually none of that matters. Now, like, what can we focus on? And it's just a, I mean, I think it's a good reminder to keep coming back to is to remember that what, you know, what we have now and the connections we have now is what's important. Definitely. Out of doubt. Wow. So you are now working on volume two and three podcasting. What else is coming up next for you? So I do have another book that actually is published and ready to go, which is my first step into a children's book genre, um, which is a uh, title of that book. And it'll be out. uh, I'm not 100% sure when this will be released, but the, the release date of that book is March 28th of 2023. And it's titled uh, Four Paws and Six Wheels Across America, The Adventures of Euclid, the Golden Retriever. So it's actually written um, as though our dog was the author and his perspective of our our adventures in the RV. And it was really fun because my other works are, are all memoirs and have some very serious moments in it and stuff like this, where this was a lot, a lot of fun and being able to collaborate with an illustrator and you know, give her the storyline and see how she would kind of make it come to life on paper was a very interesting process because it was something that I've never done before. She had never actually illustrated a children's book before. Um, So it was really cool for the two of us to kind of, you know, figure it out and not, you know, worry about, hey, this is the way it's done. It's done. It's done. It's like, this is the way we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun when, when that comes out. And and I'm looking forward to to that for sure. Oh, I can't wait to share that. I'll have to make sure like that we'll connect and get those links in there because I think that I, I mean there's this this there's a new surge of people who are writing children's books and they and and I and I absolutely love it. Like people who are sharing very um fun, also profound lessons in children's books. And I think oh, like it's just so amazing because we're we're sharing messages in such different ways, but reaching so many different people. So it's actually like you're still able to reach and impact kids, even though you're not doing it through your foundation, you're doing it through books. Yeah. And the story told through a dog's eye view, my husband and I joke all the time, like my next life, I'm coming back as her because like, wow, she's just got it. Like she just, 
<laughs> She's got to get. So is your dog with you in the RV now? Yeah. He's actually yeah. laying to my right right now. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I love it. Honestly. Um, where can people connect and find and follow and learn more about you and the work that you do? Uh, the best way is just go to my website and uh, I've actually got two URLs, which go to the same site, uh, journeyofmymotherson.com or danclauser.com. If you don't want to type out all those letters in journeyofmymotherson.com from there, uh, links to my podcast, um, how you can get books, whether through Amazon or um, signed books directly through my website and all my socials, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, I have a Twitter account. I couldn't even tell you the last time I tweeted. Um, I, don't but, know. Uh, I, I don't think I will ever venture into TikTok, um, but uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn are pretty much where you're going to be able to find me on, on socials, but all those links are on my website. So if you get to the website, everything's there. If you want to look at a speaking engagement, there's information there on that. Um, so really anything you need to find out um, can be found on the website. Mm, beautiful. I will make sure everything is there in the show notes. And um, as far as connecting in another podcaster, I strongly encourage sharing and I will share it, but listening to um, Dan's podcast, because there's just some really powerful stories there, right? Like I just, there's, I've listened to a few of them. There's some really powerful stories. And I just think that stories are really that window into seeing what is possible. Like we start to see that wait, like, oh, they found their way through that, or they did this, or wait, I'm not the only person who has felt this way before. So stories, I just, I think stories are so much more powerful than we give them credit for. And they really do connect us. They sure do. They sure yeah. do. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last question for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, boy, so many. Um, but I think I always go back to one that my mother taught me about parenthood um, when I was, you know, still trying to figure it out. And I think we were always still trying to figure out parenthood. Mm -hmm. it, it's, a, it's a life sentence for sure. But uh, at one point, my, my mother told me that um, God only requires us to do two things as parents. And the first is to teach our children how to walk. And the second is to teach them how to walk away. And the second one is a hell of a lot tougher than the first. And boy, was she right about that. Wow. That actually, like that hit me in a sense, because I can just visualize like that's really, that is really what our role is as, as a parent. And it's interesting because I used to say when we first had, when we first had our kids, it's like, they're not ours to keep, like they're not ours to keep. They're ours to teach so that they can go and make decisions on their own. And I mean, you know, our story, we had a really difficult number of years, but it was always this reminder that I can't push and pull you through life. I'll walk beside you every single step of the way, but it's not my job to push and pull you through life. And I just think that is a really powerful quote, like helping them to walk and to walk away. Yeah. Yep. And that's why it's stuck with me for, for all these years, for all these years, helped me incredibly the time she said it to me and I resort to it often. Wow. You honestly, I know you know this, but you're blessed in a sense because what an incredible, like she sounds like she was just an incredible human. 
and um, left left a legacy, like left that with you because you can you can hear it in you and that she's made that much of an impact. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something I I tell um, whenever I'm talking to a mother who's frustrated with their son um, because I know I frustrated my mother quite a bit <laughs> when yeah. I was younger. I tell them like, don't, don't worry. They're listening to you. Like they really are listening to you. You you may not know it today, um, but they're definitely listening to you. So, you know, on those days when you want to bang your head up against the wall, they're, they're listening. <laughs> and, and if you do want to bang your head, it's okay. You're not failing. Like it's okay. I've wanted to bang my head many, many times, but I've had many moments. I love that. I've had many moments as my kids are now adults and I even saw my one son yesterday who I don't get to see as often. And we had this conversation and I just kind of looked at him. He goes, mom, I was listening. I just didn't always want to hear it. And I'm right. like, oh, interesting. Interesting. Right. It's just, it's, it's a really, it's a powerful experience, but yeah, parenthood, no joke. It's like a life. I love how you say it's a life sentence. You're always a parent, even when they're gone, even yep. when you're not with them, you're still, you're still always a parent in some way, shape or form. No doubt. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here, Dana, for sharing everything that you did. And I cannot wait to celebrate you and your children's book launch again. What's it called again? It's Four Paws and Six Wheels Across America, The Adventures of Euclid the Golden Retriever. He's, he's named after Kevin Euclid, the old Red Sox third baseman. So there's always an explanation when, I'm, when, I, when we cross somebody in the park and they ask him what his name is. It's like, okay, this is his name and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> there's a story. Wait. I'm shocked. There's a story behind it, right? Because this is you and stories. I love it. I love it. Honestly, no thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Arsha, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Mm -hmm.